G'day, and welcome to My Favourite Album. I'm journalist and filmmaker Jeremy Dillon, and each episode I'll be talking to a different guest about an album they love and how it's influenced and inspired them. My guest today fronts Australia's finest contemporary punk group, Camp Cope, a power trio whose musical and social integrity and the unrelenting emotional power of their songs has already made them one of the most important bands of the generation. Their new album, How to Socialise and Make Friends, has been one of the most compelling of the year and is making waves around the world. Today I'm with guitarist, vocalist and songwriter Georgia Mack on the eve of Camp Cope's show at the Los Angeles Bootleg Theatre. On a day so hot, it feels like we are in Satan's armpit. Georgia, welcome to my favourite album. What an intro. (laughs) Thank you for welcoming me to my favourite album. So I feel like I'm in my own armpit right now. I've got like, you know how like some people have that bacteria and some people don't have the bacteria that makes you smell like body odour? I've got the bacteria like so hard. Well, I have a very poorly developed sense of smell, so Oh, that's great because I I fucking smell awful, hey. Won't notice. <laughs> so it's an audio medium. I yeah, think yeah, we're fine. Yeah, it's fine. No one will notice. It's fine. I Georgia even brought it up. What's your favorite album? Well, I chose Joanne by Lady Gaga because I couldn't think of anything else. And at the time, I was like obsessed with this album. It like I was listening to it like every single day and just like feel it. Like I felt like. I'd written it so much so that I got the album cover tattooed on me. Oh my god! I have to get a photo of that before we go. I love her. I love that bitch. I think it's because she's an Italian from New York. I'm a Greek from Melbourne. We've both got, like, noses with a bit of character. So I really feel like I connect to Lady Gaga. Well, you are known as the Australian Lady Gaga. Am I? No, I'm not. I'm not. No one's ever said that and you're lying. I just said it right then. (laughs) Okay, I'll take your word for it. So this album came out, I mean, only... 2016. Yeah, like less than two years ago, but it feels like it came out like 45 years ago because so much shit has happened since then. But were you a Gaga fan prior to this record? What was your backstory with her and what was your first impressions of the album? I love Lady Gaga from when she released Just Dance and I would like listen to it on the radio and just like I loved it and she just kept like putting out hit after hit. Yeah, I've always been a massive fan of hers except for like... I don't know, Art Pop, didn't really like. I also didn't like, what's the album before Art Pop? Well, I didn't like that one either. I don't know, they didn't really, like, speak to me and Art Pop was just like, eh. But, like, Joanne, because it's so, like, stripped back and, like, I'm such a sucker for, like, country music, 
and it felt like it's got a bit of like it's like soft rock kind of a nod to kind of country music or like country like culture in America you know she's singing about like cowboys and stuff and I'm such a sucker for that like I grew up listening to like the Dixie Chicks so yeah well, it does have that country influence on it. And she actually worked with Hilary Lindsay, who's like a really successful sort of A-list Nashville songwriter on a bunch of the songs. Mm. And it's it's funny that you said that you weren't that into art pop because I feel like not that many people were, which kind of spurred on her rethinking her entire approach for this yeah. record. Yeah, art pop was such a flop. Art it was flop. like a flop, art flop. Yeah, there was like one song that I was like, yeah, this is all right. But the rest I was just like... No, I don't know. It felt a bit too, like, contrived. Like, she was trying too hard to, like, say what she wants to say, I guess. And it just didn't really kind of come out right. But I don't know. Who am I to say? Art is subjective. There's no wrong or right. There's good or bad. But personally, I just like Joanne a whole lot better. And I feel like I can compare how to socialize and Joanne, like, a little bit. Oh, okay. Let's jump straight. That's normally... Like, I'll ask that question, like, 20 minutes in. But let's just do that now. Well... Oh, God. I guess because, like, the first two songs of both our albums are, like, big songs and then it kind of goes to, like, a quieter song, like, She's Got Joanne and We've Got The Face Of God and then it kind of picks itself up with, like, these bangers. Like, she's got John Wayne, Dancing in Circles, Perfect Illusion and then that's, like, this big kind of, like, epic middle bit and we've got Anna and Sagan, Indiana, which were meant to be, like, the bigger kind of songs on the album, like vocally for me and volume-wise, I guess. And then the rest just kind of trails off and ours just kind of trails off. It does. <laughs> That's the only comparison I can make. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we'll find some more as, as the conversation wears on. But it's interesting, like Perfect Illusion is the first single off the record, mm. what was clearly meant to be like the big song of the album. And that's like buried halfway through the tracks, whereas what I feel like is probably the biggest... I don't know if you intended it this way, but the opener feels like the song of your record, or at yeah, least yeah, yeah. it became that. And that's like right up the front. Although I guess it would be weird to put a song called the opener in the middle of an album. Yeah, no, nah, that was intentional. And it's like, if we're going to say it, we're going to like, we're going to say what we're going to say in the opener. We might as well put it just like straight up, first up, like this is what you're in for. Like, we're not apologizing. I feel like, like her first song, Diamond Hearts, a bit of an underdog for me. Young wild I really liked that song, especially the, like, I love the lines, like, Young Wild American, come on, baby, do you have a girlfriend? Like, I really like that. I love, like, the forwardness of it. Like, I love it listening to, like, women express, like, desire and sexuality. And I just, I love that line. I love the song because it's, like, I've got, like, a tough-as-fuck heart, but, like, you know, I'm flawed, but I've got a heart that's tough. <laughs> I don't know. 
There's a good line in one of the songs that's one of like the end songs that's like tough girls on the mend and I feel like that's kind of what Joanne's kind of going at and I think that's what How to Socialize was kind of going at as well or like saying tough girls on the mend I could see that that could have been an alternate title for your record actually tough girls on the mend now that's lame is it I guess nah. I mean it's like it's less interesting I think How to Socialize and Make Friends with. is just a stupid title why is it stupid because I don't know how to do either of those things. I'm really, like, I'm socially inept. Someone actually said that. That's not me. Someone said that I was socially inept, and I was like, look, fair, but feelings a bit hurt. That's okay. I always took that title as kind of a play on, like, you know, like how to make friends and influence people. Oh, no way. I hate that. But, like, you don't, it's, like, meant to be an ironic thing. Like, you're not doing the kinds of things or shying away from the kinds of things that normally people are told to not talk about or not be upfront with if you want to like get along or especially in like an industry like this yeah i feel like lots of people think that i have adhd and i think i might but it's very underdiagnosed to women it's hard to convince a doctor to like check if you've got adhd because they're kind of like in out in out so i'm very like i say just dumb inappropriate things a lot like we went to see Portugal the man play like Kelly became friends with them online and we saw them play and we were like hanging out with them and the singer's got this got like a window crown which is like he had a busted tooth so he's got like his front tooth and then all around the edge is like this silver it's like a window it's like an arch window it's got a window crown and I was like what's with your tooth can I get a (laughs) photo of it I want to send it to my mum and then I sent a picture of it to my mum and she was like that is fucking feral because she's a dentist (laughs) and so that was my introduction to John the singer of Portugal the Man how did he take that oh fine some people just kind of get that like that's kind of who I am and some people if they don't know me kind of take me as a bit of a I don't know a bitch maybe in a bad way and I love calling myself a bitch but I don't know what other people think. You'll never know what other people think. Yeah, that's true, actually. That's very true. Something you sort of alluded to a minute ago that I want to sort of go back to and touch on is that even though this record is maybe an inverse of her previous records, whereas musically, Joanne is much more pared down, stripped back, sort of like mix of country and like 70s AOR, soft rock. It's so eclectic. It's just like, it just feels like a big mix of like random songs that she just had. But I don't know, maybe that's like, the intention but that doesn't feel like like a musical kind of theme to it yeah and like our records just kind of like the exact same the whole way through like the same guitar tone same drum same bass same voice all the way through yeah but you're a punk band very punk yeah and she's a superstar so she's got like horns and weird guitars I kind of feel like the unifying thing behind the record is her going like, can I do this? I've always kind of wanted to do this. Can I try this? This, this will, They'll let me do this, won't they? Like she's, like the previous record was her going, I have to be Lady Gaga because that's what everyone expects me to be. And this mm. record is just like, I'm going to try everything I've always wanted to do on a record and haven't yeah. done. She was like, fuck that. I don't know. I guess she was like, fuck that image that I was like 
putting on before and now she's like kind of taking everything off and then putting on this like pink cowboy hat and just being this like stripped back like a human rather than like you know like the bad romance bad romance bad romance film clip maybe it's that film where she's got these like things in her head these weird like (laughs) shapes and now she's kind of taken all that off and is just like daddy's girl and she's got like like a very i feel like it's a very vulnerable record there's a lot of songs about like being lonely and i really like that that she's singing about that because i don't know like when women become like successful like men are quite intimidated and yeah you're just kind of left with no one to kind of come home to and i feel like that's kind of what's in the album as well and i feel that as well i'm incredibly lonely but i've got my best friends who are in my band so it doesn't matter but it's just like this like romantic thing that she's kind of like wants like a man who can like match her kind of power but in a different way because she's fucking lady gaga how much money is she worth like 245 million dollars or something she's someone who can match that and it's just like it's impossible because men are fucked yes did you see the documentary the gaga five foot two documentary what do you think i loved it a lot of people like hated it and were like no i thought she was a cunt afterwards and i was like i loved her i loved like every single thing she was doing she's so like she knows exactly what she wants and she's just you know she's got a bunch of cars i loved her so much more after that loved her okay what do you think no, I liked it. I mean, it's like, I don't, I'm not sure if I loved it as like a film, but I liked her a lot mm. through it. And I was I, sad that we didn't get to see the Super Bowl performance at the end. That would have been a cool ending, but. Yeah, I probably couldn't afford to license it. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I was thinking. But it was nice, it's like nice seeing, I always find it interesting when someone knows, like obviously everyone knows they're being filmed for a documentary, but like there's stuff in there where I feel like she's very aware of the camera interacting with her and then stuff where they've just been around for so long that she's not even thinking about that anymore. And she gets really sort of vulnerable yeah. without like seeing that in the corner of her eye all the time. Yeah. Something that like resonated with me and her, she was, she was saying like, you know, like I sold 10 million records and I lost him. I sold 45 million records. I, I lost him. And she feels, I don't know. She was talking about how life's like this, like give and take that you can be a super successful artist and then lose someone that you love. It's, you know, the universe trying to, like, keep you balanced, I guess. Yeah, and there's this weird dynamic that people who, I guess, who achieve any level of notoriety or fame or success have where people want to assume that all your problems have evaporated. Yeah, because you got money. Yeah, which apparently solves all your emotional issues as well. Oh, that's yeah. what people think. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Even just like, your shows are sold out. Therefore, like, why are you complaining about anything in your life at all? Anytime. Yeah. I feel that a lot. Because, like, I've got depression. And I take these wonderful pills called escitalopram every day. And I love them. Love antidepressants. They've changed my life. They've made me more like me, I guess. For those listening, I just kind of put my arm out. Did a jazz, jazz, hands. jazz hand. And, yeah, like... A lot of the shows on this tour have sold out and like we've sold out every tour that we've had in Australia and it's just like it still doesn't like you don't feel it in like a long-term kind of happiness kind of way you get like short peaks of short little bursts of kind of happiness but it doesn't really affect your life like you still like go home after you play and I don't know drink a glass of water go to bed yeah the mental illness stuff is the trickiest 
part of it too because like you know i'm got depression too and it's like <gasps> great yeah we're like us oh, the only two people in the we're entertainment industry who have yeah. depression <laughs> but yeah and it's like it hasn't it has no relationship to what is objectively going on in your life at all no not at all because you're still just like this sad fuck and like all these great things are happening but you can't find this like connection to kind of like reach out and get joy from it that you can carry with you and it kind of keeps you warm like that doesn't that doesn't happen that happens for me like my friends give me that kind of feeling and like like playing music feels good but like you know, like selling out concerts and stuff and like people telling me that like I love you and stuff. You know, it's, that's beautiful and it means a lot to me but like I can't carry it with me in my soul to like make me feel not sad. Sad's not even like a good word for it. You're just kind of like... Empty. Yeah, I feel like I'm walking on like a different kind of plane to everybody else all this life is just kind of existing around me and I'm just kind of like floating through in this little bubble that no one kind of notices. That's what it's always kind of felt like for me. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> this show's sold out. Stoked. Not nah, kidding. No, I am stoked. But yeah. I'm still going to go home afterwards and be a sweaty, exhausted idiot. Doesn't matter. You're giving me a million reasons to let you go You're giving me a million reasons to quit the show You're giving me a million reasons Give me a million reasons Giving me a million reasons About a million reasons If I had a highway I would run for the hills If you could find a driveway I'd forever be still But you're giving me a million reasons Give me a million reasons Giving me a million reasons About a million reasons I bow down to pray I try to make the world seem better Lord, show me the way To cut through all this worn out leather I've got a hundred million reasons to walk away But baby, I just need one good one to stay we went so off track. We're meant to be talking about Lady Gaga. Yeah, we were at some point. You seen a play? Yeah, I was 16 and I got dressed up in like a black leotard and like fishnets and a pair of heels. Oh, you were a little monster. I was a fucking monster. I loved the, I loved the whole like, you know, she's like the mother. I kind of hated it for a while, but that was just like me dealing with like internalized misogyny and like... You know, it's like the stuff that you gotta you gotta like unlearn throughout your life. I think that like she's like carrying like this mother monster kind of thing through into this album with songs like Come to Mama, which is like this kind of like Motown kind of like song about like wanting like world peace. But it's very like centered around her, I guess, maybe. I still really like it, but yeah, that kinda of like connects to the mother monster thing. Have you seen her live? No, I haven't. It's funny because I was never a big fan. During her heyday. Yeah, her peak. Yeah, like I had a lot of, like, especially a lot of my queer friends were like huge fans and would just like do the full makeup all the time and everything. Mm. And I sort of appreciated her being out there, but I just like the production basically, the music didn't really do anything for me. Yeah, I understand that. But I like, I really like this record, but then I've just not been, it's, I'm like 
like I move around a lot, so I'm just lucky if I'm in the same place as someone I want to see. Yeah, yeah. I'm often just like there touring in Australia while I'm in America or vice versa. Mm. She actually played in a bar near my house in Nashville. What the hell? Yeah, but it was like, a, you know, a week before I was back in town or something. Oh, in Nashville. I want to go to Nashville. Have you ever been to Nashville? Never. Oh, shit. People sing about it. And like, I love, fucking love country music. And they're all, they all sing about Nashville. So I, I want to go. Yeah, go and get a pink cowboy hat. Yeah, yeah. Play some guitar with somebody. I don't know. <laughs> Ride a horse. Yeah. In a pink cowboy hat. Why not? Yeah. If I could pull hats off, which I can't. I can't. My hair's a hat. Mm. It's too big. Same. And your hair goes up as, your hair goes like up. Yeah. It's got a lot of body to it and so does mine. It's just this thick Greek mop. Yeah, I think we're both people who like our hairstyles are very like a frame mm-hmm. our faces in an important way. I mean, I wish I could wear a hat. Sometimes I think I look okay in a beanie. But god damn, I'd love to just be able to wear a sun hat one day without looking like an idiot. <laughs> oh well. You can't have everything. No, you know? we, it's not the worst thing that it? can happen. Can't wear a hat. <laughs> What's in your notes that we haven't talked about? So I had vocal surgery to cut off a cyst in a nodule. Ever since then, I've been like really like concentrating on hearing, like really hearing people's voices and hearing like what's going on inside their throat. And I feel like this record, she distorts her voice a bit and gets that like scream instead of like a big like, ah, you know, like she'll like kind of distort it a bit, especially in like, AO and Diamond Heart and Perfect Illusion where she really kind of like pushes it and when you hear Hey Girl the song with Florence Welch you need the difference between their voices but the difference between their like vocal health like Florence has got this beautiful like rich voice with like no like air gaps in it whereas like you can kind of hear the breathiness in Lady Gaga's which wasn't always there so I hope she's seeing a vocal specialist or something because that's concerning to me because, like, I don't know, I'll, like, watch people play and, like, go up to them afterwards and be like, did you warm up? I hope you're singing from your belly, not your chest. You just opened the conversation with that? Yeah. That's me. See, I'm right in the notes. Vocal concern. <laughs> that sounds like the name to, like, a bad profile of somebody. Like vocal a magazine concern. profile. I really like the song Hey Girl because it's, like... There's so few songs written by women about the beauty that is, like, female friendship. It's such a special thing, and I love that. Because, you know, like, every, you know, woman that kind of grows up in this world is, like, taught misogyny, and it's kind of, like, ingrained in you. Like, I know, like, I had, like, lyrics in songs that I wrote when I was, like, 17, 18 that I look back on now, and I'm just like, 
What the fuck was I thinking? Like writing something like that, trying to like put the blame on like a woman rather than a man for like no reason other than that I was just like brainwashed and have like, you know, like it's taken me years to like unlearn this internalized misogyny that I like still feel like I still hold a bit of which, you know, I'm trying to like you know everyone's like trying to work through it i feel like if you're not trying to like unlearn racism and sexism and like classism you know all that then there's something wrong with you yeah but i really like that song because it's like a celebration of friendship between women and that's kind of what like our songs anna and sagan indiana are kind of not like about but like the songs are like celebrations of these two women in my life. I feel like female friendship is very rarely even portrayed. Um, yeah. You know about that thing in movies? I totally just cut you off. You know that thing in movies where, like, a woman only speaks if she's talking about a man? or yeah, you know, if she's, the Betchdale test. Yeah, yeah, that. It's in National Treasure. <laughs> that's, like, the only movie that I can be like, that's, that's that thing, National Treasure. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's funny. I've been rewatching a lot of Parks and Recreation recently, mm-hmm. and I just it just struck me this time watching like how notable it is that like one of the cores of the show is like the friendship between Amy Poehler and Rashida Jones's character, and it's just really rare for that to be at the center of any like mass entertainment. Yeah, it's just normally like women have to be like in competitive. Yeah. To be competitive with each other, like they're competing for a guy, yeah. or they're like working against each other for some kind of prize or whatever. It's just like it's just rare for it's like it's a very natural thing for two guys to be friends in something. Even in music, like there's probably a lot of celebrations of like male friendships or groups of male. Yeah, friends. like hit the boys, you know, yeah. like yeah, the boys. It's all about the fucking boys. That's slowly dying out, isn't it? Three point something million years, there'll be no men, <laughs> which is I'm gonna phrase myself. <laughs> Come back. Just be you and Walt Disney's head years. in three million yeah. years. I really loved that. That celebration. Tough Girls on the Mend. The other song was like Grigio Girls, which like I don't condone. I mean, you drink all you want, but like I'm not a. I don't. Not like I don't condone it. You know, I'm just like not a drinker, so I can't really relate to that song. But it's like a fun like girls' night. Like let's dye this bitch's hair red. I love that. It reminds me of the movie Sleepover, which is a movie about a bunch of girls who have a sleepover and they do this challenge thing. And they go to the prom and, you know, she ends up with the guy, boring. But female friendships. 
Have you or have you ever thought about covering any of these songs? Yeah, I wanted to cover Diamond Heart because that's the song that I love. I feel like I can relate to like most because it's so bold and being like admitting that like you're lonely. So you're going to do something about it. I just I loved it. I love that song. I feel like it's me in a song. Don't have a diamond. I don't know. Do I have a diamond heart? Maybe a coal heart slowly becoming diamond. Is that what? Yeah, coal becomes. Yeah. You, yeah. You just crush it enough. Yeah. And then it becomes diamond. <laughs> you compress it enough. So is that going to be the show tonight? No, it's not. We've got the usual set that we've been playing. We've been trying to kind of keep it fairly easy because I only had vocal surgery like seven weeks ago. Oh wow. So still like recovering a bit. So trying to keep it a bit easy on the voice. So this album came out between your first and second albums. Mm-hmm. Was it any kind of influence on the second record? Would you be able to draw any, like, aside from the parallels you've already drawn, is there any, the like... The big noses, <laughs> stripped back. Yeah, you, you got a new nose after the record yeah. came out. <laughs> I guess they're just both, like, stripped back albums. Like, our first album, there's, like, a little kind of things here and there, and this one we were just like, nah, let's not do anything. Let's not do any second guitar, no harmonies. Like, this is just us live this is what we sound like live and yeah that's what i wanted with how to socialize but it has to be a lot more experimental whereas i feel like how to socialize is a bit like held back or like you know it's not produced in any way it's just like these are the songs and this is how we sound like live so you won't be disappointed but there's just so many things going on in Joanne, isn't there? It's collaborative as hell. Got yeah. a bunch of different genres. You got these like kind of Motowny kind of songs, like these kind of like songs that kind of sound like the Beatles. And then you've got like Perfect Illusion and like John Wayne and Dancing in Circles, which are all like very like poppy dance bangers. It is incredibly collaborative. It's almost like she just wrote a list of every contemporary artist she's yeah. a fan of. And like, like Father John Misty. Yep. Kevin Parker's on there. Hilary Lindsay. One of the Heim sisters is on. Plays percussion. And Mark Ronson. Yep. Produced the record. Love Mark Ronson. I think he's so cool. Yeah, the song with Father John Misty, Sinner's Prayer. I love that, like, bum, 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 kind of thing. I love that. But I don't love the chorus. I don't love the chorus of that song. Lyrically or musically? Musically. Okay. It's not what I would have done. I don't know what I would have done, but I love that, like, bum, 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 bum. I just think that's so funky. And the chorus is a bit like, eh. That's, like, my only, like, criticism of the album, really. It's all great except the chorus to Sinner's Prayer. Yeah. I mean, the chorus is fine. It's just not what I would have done. So it's not bad. It's not good. Music is subjective. It can't be good or bad. We can just talk about it. Take 
So we haven't talked about what the title track of this record is about. It's called Joanne. It's named after... Her aunt. She was like 19 when she died and she was a survivor of sexual assault and she died of lupus complications. And that must have been fucking hard, hey? Like, imagine being a parent of like a 19-year-old girl and she dies. That's fucked. That's so sad. Yeah. Understandably, from what she says the family never really recovered fully from that and so it's sort of she's been a sort of a ghost that like she never really knew her but she's hung over her her entire life so yeah known about her yeah yeah so that's that's what that title track is about vulnerable song i always skip it if i'm listening to joanne i skip joanne because like if i listen to our album i stop it before the end song so i'm like i can't be bothered dealing with this but i do think the song joanne's really beautiful and i think it is like another step on the path of kind of like healing i don't know i feel like death is like a closure of like a person and then you just kind of like deal with all your feelings after that maybe that helped her family heal from it by having just like something that sums somebody up and that's it yeah i guess there's something like having somewhere to put a thing to direct your emotions at because the person you want to direct your emotions at isn't there anymore so yeah well i wrote the song about my dad because my dad died and i wrote the song about him while he was still alive because i was just like kind of preparing for his death because like i knew it was gonna happen Because, like, he had terminal cancer. And it's like, well, there's, like, no hope. So I'm just going to try to deal with this now and over a long period of time so then it doesn't fuck me around for the rest of my life. I feel bad for Lady Gaga's family for having to deal with that. And for someone so young, a teenage girl... Yeah, and I get the like you skipping it. Like I, I pro, I don't think I've listened to it. My dad died last year. I probably haven't. Oh listened my to god, it since then. we're part of the same club. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, it sucks, doesn't it? It's not great. No, but you get better at dealing with it over time. I don't feel like I've got any regrets. I said, I don't know. I feel lucky that like I said all that I needed to say. I spent a good amount of time with him. Like, we had an interesting relationship. It wasn't, like, the best relationship, like, all the time. But, like, it's a relationship that was so unique and special that, like, 
I'm like, I'm so fucking lucky to have had that rather than just some like, you know, I was lucky to like the person that my dad was. I'm so lucky to have like had him in my life. And that's just kind of like how I learned to deal with it. Like, just be like grateful that you got to spend time on earth with a person like that. And you were so close to them rather than being bummed out that they're not here anymore. But I have a funny way of dealing with things. So I don't know. Hey, as long as you're dealing with things, it's... Yeah, there's no, there's no way to grieve. No. There's, there's no fucking seven steps. I don't believe that. You no, know. I agree. Like, and that's honestly the biggest thing that I learned in the aftermath of all that was like, there is no wrong way to do it and there's no right mm. way to do it and it's just you do it however you can do it. Yeah, you just allow yourself to feel what you're feeling and do what you want to do. Like the night after my dad died, I was like literally like, do you know the tote? Yeah. And yeah, I went to the fucking tote and just got pissed and like did a bunch of coke and had the best time. Did a bunch of coke with like these 42 year old men. I was loving it. And like everyone was like really awkward around me. And I was like, my dad died yesterday. No, it's fine. I was really lucky to have had him. And then everyone thought I went, I think I actually did go a bit mad because that like going to the tote, like partying. I did that for like. Not a long time, but for, like, a little while after it happened. Yeah. And, like, I don't, like, regret it. I don't take anything back. Like, that's how I dealt with it. And I dealt with it, and I'm doing great. So, you know, it happened. Anyway, so Joanne. Yeah, Lady Gaga. <laughs> when you go and listen to this record now, almost two years, feels longer than that, almost two years since it came out, what's it like now to listen to the record versus I still then? love it. It's so good. It holds up. This album just makes me want to like dance and like drive really fast in a car down a highway. I just love it. It's like, yeah, this album like makes me feel powerful and like good about myself and free to like express what I want to express. And that's why I really love it. Does it get a spin on the tour van? We all like have our headphones in. Okay. But yeah, I listened to it today. Oh, yeah. No, it doesn't get us to to a van. Only for me. I don't know about them, though. I haven't asked what they listen to. Kelly. Do they like this record? Yeah. I'm not sure about Kelly, but I know that Tomo loves it. It's a bloody good record. But we've all got, like, different tastes in music. Well, that's what makes bands interesting. Bands who only all like the same stuff as shit. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I don't know any bands who all like the same music. I listen to, like, a lot of country, a lot of, like, female rappers... You know how people are like, they love like an album. I'm more of like, I find my favorite song and I listen to it forever or I listen to it for like a month straight. Like I discovered this song called The Bird Is Bored of Flying by Master System, which was Scott Hutchinson of Friend Rabbit's band. And that song fucking came out like within like six months of him killing himself. And it's called The Bird Is Bored of Flying. And I feel like that was such like a, not like a warning sign, but that was just him being like, I'm done. I've done life. I'm going to leave when I want to leave. And so like listening to that song, I listened to it on repeat for no shit, like seven hours. I just put it on, on like, you know, put like the one song repeat thing on and just like laid down and looked at the sky and the roof of the van. And that gave me a lot of closure to his death because I feel like everyone kind of felt that death. Yeah. Everyone who was like a Friend Rabbit fan, like I've got like Friend Rabbit tattoos here. Fucking love that band. 
And like that was like super hard. But like hearing that song, like I feel like I wish like I heard, I heard it when he was alive. But I didn't. That's okay. I'm just going to have to live with that. The song's fucking incredible. Listen to it. I will. Master System. Well, to wrap up on a positive note, you mentioned the Dixie Chicks before. Oh, I love the Dixie Chicks. What's your favorite Dixie Chicks song? Goodbye, Earl. Awesome. Oh, do you know it? I love that song so much. Oh, it's so good. Have you seen the film clip? Yeah. Yeah, it's With sick. Jane Krakowski and yeah, Dennis yeah. Franz, yeah. I love it because it's like this fucking great, happy song about how they just kill this dude because he beat his fucking wife. He was, you know, a cunt. And they just wrap him in a tarp and throw him in a lake. I loved it. I loved that song since I was a little kid. I fucking love the Dixie Chicks so much. I wish I actually, I wish I talked about a Dixie Chicks album. Love the Dixie Chicks. Hey, you're welcome to come back on the show sometime. I'd love to talk about a Dixie Chicks record. That'd be great. The cool. greatest hits one? Can we listen? Talk, can we talk oh, about the greatest hits? Maybe that'd that be acceptable? bending the rules. No, but we'll, we'll greatest see. Greatest hits is still an album. Yeah, is it? I mean, technically, it's like yeah. songs that are available in one package. But yeah, I don't know. I'm a shit music fan. I love just I love greatest hits. Well, on that note, Georgia, thanks for talking to me today about your favorite album. Thank you, and just about my favorite album. I love that we only talked about my favorite album. <laughs> that's it for another episode of my favorite album thanks for listening i've been jeremy dillon you can follow me at mr jeremy dillon like our facebook page at facebook.com slash my favorite album subscribe on itunes and if you dig the show please leave a review thanks again for listening and see you next time <laughs>